The Superpower Mamas channel is brought to you by Superpower Experts. Visit superpowerexperts.com to join the superpower universe and unlock your superpowers today. You're listening to Superpower Mamas, reclaiming the sacred journey of motherhood with Tatiana Berende. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Superpower Mama Show. I am your host, Tatiana Berende, and today I have a very special guest with me, Amanda Kingsley. Um, I've known Amanda for years. She was actually my doula, one of my doulas with my first baby. Um, so we go way back, but she is on a, a very important life path and mission, and I'm really, really excited to have her here today. We're going to be talking about abortion and motherhood, um, which is a taboo topic that we don't really talk about in our culture very much. And I'm just so grateful to her for opening up that space so that this conversation can be brought forward because it's a really important one. Um, and this is not about arguments about who's right or wrong. This is about creating space for wholeness. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about Amanda before we get started here. Amanda Kingsley is a certified feminist life coach and doula. She's the host of the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, and the author of What I Wish, 100 Love Notes to Help You Survive, Come Alive, and Thrive After Abortion. After her own unanticipated abortion as a mother of three, she recognized the need for a wider conversation around the complex emotional landscape of life after abortion. She reminds her audience that it's okay to feel all the feelings after abortion, and that we can honor our decisions by living the life we made our choice for. Welcome to the show, Amanda. I'm so glad that you said yes to coming and sharing with our audience today. Mm, thank you for having me. Um, it's always lovely to be a guest on a podcast, but particularly lovely when we do have that past and that history and the evolution together. We've both done a lot of growing over the years. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't like to open up the whole Pandora's box of conversation before we go to break. Cause I hate to, I hate to cut it off, but I would love for you to share with our listeners before we do break, what your superpowers are in this, in this line of work that you have found yourself in. Hmm. Well, I don't think superpowers tend to change much over the years, we kind of take them, right? We <laughs> they evolve. Them. We evolve yeah, with them. Yeah, exactly. But they do shift. They do shift or we understand them differently. Um, I think my superpowers are being in nuance, allowing for perspective, like being able to see things from different angles, um, creating space and holding space, and then letting myself hear and listen and adapt, not, you know, based on whatever's going on, wherever we are, um, whoever we're with. So yeah, I feel like that's always who I am. I'm just stepping more and more into that. Yeah. You've just taken that into a much needed place. So yeah. again, thank you for doing that work. Um, so yeah, we are we are here today to talk about abortion and motherhood, to talk about all of the ways that this fits or doesn't fit into our lives and why. Um, 
And Amanda's going to share with us some of her journey and how it came to be. And we're just going to let the conversation flow as we do. So I want to say thank you to the listeners for coming to listen to this show. Um, this is going to be a really deep and, you know, possibly triggering conversation and hopefully also a very nourishing um, balm and salve for your soul if you have found yourself on this path and have not had anyone to talk to about it. Um, so, yeah, we are talking with Amanda Kingsley about abortion and motherhood, and we'll be back soon. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. If you're ready to transform yourself and transform the world through podcasting, we invite you to join us. We co-create a non-competitive, collaborative environment designed to support you as you step into your greatness. Go now to superpowerexperts.com and click on the programs tab to get started today. All right. So Amanda, I, I think it would be a great place to start if you would just share with us your own story and how you came to be an abortion coach, because that's like not a thing you really hear many people do, or some people might not even know that's a thing at all. And lo and behold, here we are. Um, yeah, I think uh, we would all benefit from hearing a little bit of what that journey has been like for you and how you found yourself where you are today. Yeah, thank you. Um, you mentioned something just a few seconds before we started, and I, I wrote some words down because I realized that I don't even remember exactly what you said, but I realized that abortion was in my definition of womanhood. It was like part of being a woman, part of being someone who held a uterus, um, part of being, it was part of humanhood, right? But I think where I got tripped up was that it wasn't in my definition of motherhood. And so when I found myself with my first unplanned pregnancy as a mother, I got really confused. Um, as a woman, I was very much pro-choice. Like as a woman and as a human, I believed in access and I believed in abortionist health care. And I believed that everyone should have bodily autonomy and a right to choose. But then with three kids already in my family and feeling like, confused by my first unplanned pregnancy, I realized that I hadn't, and I'm like this, just like putting this together because of something you mentioned earlier. Um, I had just hadn't, it wasn't in my definition of motherhood. Like I never would have said it outright, but in my mind, I was all for abortion, but not for me. Right. I wouldn't have said those words, but that was where I was at. And so suddenly it was for me and it was what I needed to do. And it was what I knew was right, even though it was the hardest thing to do. Um, and so then I just stepped into this journey of expanding that definition, I guess, right? Like understanding that choosing abortion was like in many ways the most loving and maternal thing that I could do in that moment. But it was like asking me to stretch in that way. Which is a really powerful statement and um, is, I think, part of our roles in 
as mothers, but also just the archetype of mother is one who looks after the wellness of the whole, right? We're not just thinking about the individual, even our individual children, like that archetype and that role really calls us to step into caring for the whole organism. And yes, and sometimes we have to make really hard decisions in order to do that. Yeah. And having that perspective doesn't make those decisions easier, right? Right. Um, yeah. I think that's really important to name and call out. Like, yeah. And it's you knew in your heart it was the right thing to do for your whole family. Yeah. Yeah, I remember writing about it. So I did, as you mentioned, I have since published um, my first of many books, but I I have not published any of the writing I did that was more memoir style. And I remember writing about it in what felt like maybe a terrible analogy, but the best one I could think of, which was like, it felt like we were in a lifeboat and we had to decide like who was coming and who was not. And my marriage was coming and my ability to parent my three kids was coming and I was definitely coming and there just wasn't room. There wasn't room to expand out. Could I have done it? Yes, 100%. Like we all adapt and we do what we have to do. Would I have loved that child? 100%. I have no doubt that I would have. But in that moment, it felt like someone's not going to come forward. And I don't know, like it could have been my marriage was good. Our family was good. Everybody was healthy, but I just really felt like this is going to do us in like we, we can't, we can't get through another baby. Like we we're done with sleepless nights. We're done with potty training. Like this will ruin us. Like we will go under and yeah, it like feels like a ridiculous analogy, but it is exactly what it felt like. Like who's coming in the lifeboat and that teeny tiny pregnancy that felt so gigantic was there was no room. There was no room to keep going. I mean, it's like obviously a heartbreaking decision. I'm sure anyone who's listening to this and who has walked through abortion themselves can relate it this it's not an easy decision what helped you to get through it to where you are now i mean your book is about surviving and thriving after abortion i would love to hear what that process was like for you and and how you help others to get there because i think you know a lot of women you know it can take years to come to terms with our decisions um and some women never do. Yeah. I think what struck me really clearly was it was really hard for me, but I knew it wasn't really hard for everyone, right? Like, because I was having this internal struggle with what I believed and what I thought my future would look like. And because I was having a hard time, but other people weren't, I was really intrigued by that. When you say other people, you mean other people in your family? No, just like people in general, right? There are women who have abortions. They don't think twice. They move on. They don't. It's not an internal struggle. It's, there's probably mothers listening who said, oh, I had one and I never thought about it again. Like, 
I didn't need a book to heal. I didn't need a coach to heal. Um, I knew that there was like a full spectrum of relationship to abortion. And so because I knew it existed, abortion was a procedure, but then we all had like a different relationship to it. What was happening there? Like, what were those nuances? What were we all thinking, feeling, experiencing that was different? And what were we thinking, feeling, experiencing that was the same? And how do we kind of like wrap and bundle that all up to make sense? Um, And like you said something earlier, you said triggering and nourishing. Like for some people, this might be triggering. For other people, it might be nourishing. And for a lot of us, it's just going to be both, right? Like how is abortion right and wrong? Like how is it okay and tragic? Like how is it just all the things? And so I feel like my work is just to keep exploring all those little nuances and like letting them come in and out. I never feel like, oh, I figured it out. I know exactly how I feel about abortion. I just let the next wave of understanding come in. And I feel like this last book I wrote or published, my first book published, just kind of speaks to all those differences. But because I knew there were women who had abortions and were okay, and I believed them, right? Like they said, I never thought about it again. It didn't affect me at all. Because I believed them, because I let their story, their experience exist, I became really curious about like, wait a second, what what are all these nuances that that fill in this like big wide abortion hole that no one's talking about? So what what are some of like the biggest gems that you've uncovered on this journey thus far? Yeah, I think I spoke to it a tiny bit in that like it's not right or wrong. It's not black or white. It's not good or bad. It's not sad or not sad, right? Like I experienced immense amounts of relief that I could gather us all up, put us in the lifeboat and get to safety. But then I also experienced grief because it did feel like we left something behind. So it was just like allowing myself to be expansive enough to for that all to be okay and not like pinballing around, like there has to be a way. Let me find, let me find what's true versus just like, oh, it's all true. (laughs) It's just like all there. Yeah. And what's true for you will be different for what's true for someone else and what's true for you changes too. Yes, exactly that. Yeah. 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 I think that's a, that's a big one. I think I know in in my life journey, I mean, motherhood has been (laughs) the biggest thing that has turned what I thought to be true on its head multiple times over and over and over again in all the, in all the ways and all the facets. Um, Something I, I, you know, I was reflecting as you were talking um, and I feel like so much, like this is such a taboo topic, right? Like the, the most we get to talk about this is when we talk about access, right? Like that's as far as the conversation goes in our culture. Um, and I mean, I've been reflecting on this. I have a, a big soapbox about our, 
our relationship to death in this culture. Um, and I, and I do think that abortion being such a taboo topic has a lot to do with, we just, it's not even that we have an unhealthy relationship with death. It's almost like we don't have a relationship with death in our culture. Like we're so afraid to cultivate a relationship with it that we just don't talk about it. And, and that's death in its, in its like normal sense, you know, and it's, I mean, not that abortion's not normal uh, cause it is, um, but death as it happens in the, on its own hand of its own hand, not by someone else's. Um, we don't talk about it, you know, we, and we have such a hard time talking about grief and, and making space and, and so then how can we even like make space for abortion, which is this like whole, there's all these other nuances to it, right? Like some people think it's murder, like that's, they equate abortion with murder. Um, and, you know, when I was thinking about that, you're taking care of the whole, it's like when we, when we tend a garden, we make space for specific plants to be nourished because that's, what's going to nourish us. Um and in order to do so, we have to take other plants out of the way when they're little tiny seedlings, right? And that's that's part of tending. Um, so yeah, there's just there's a lot in there that I think deserves to be explored and continue to be explored and talked about because there is no right or wrong answer, but we need to be willing to look at it. Yeah. I remember because like you said, we didn't know each other, you know, before I was really doing this work. And I remember just realizing that so much of what was overwhelming me was not knowing how to process grief. And I remember sitting with you and being like, oh, this is because no one ever taught me what to do with grief. Like, um, I think I think what it is, is that, yes, we did lose something, but we also created something like I lost that pregnancy, but I birthed this opportunity to be a different version of me, right? Like to be a better mother, to be a more present wife, to go after the legacy and the ripple and the like work I wanted to give the world. So I think it's like, I love that analogy used with not gardener at all, like even a little (laughs) bit, (laughs) but I I love that analogy because yeah, we did destroy and we created like, it's all of that. Um, And it's taboo and hard to talk about it because it's so much easier to choose things when you can just like jump in the camp. Like I had jumped in the camp of pro-choice versus pro-life. Like, oh, I just pick and then I'm done. But because I wasn't faced with abortion myself, like I didn't really think much about what was happening over in that camp. I just decided it's like I'm Republican or I'm Democrat or whatever other party you choose. But you know what I mean? Like we it's like an escape to just pick Mm -hmm. and then be done. Mm -hmm. So I'm either like, it's either terrible or it's amazing. And then I just get to move on. But it's like, no, it's like here to teach us so much more. And if we just like keep it black and white, 
it is taboo because it's hard. It's hard to talk about gray. Yeah. It's much more complex and interesting and like asks our heart to feel a lot of things um, well, to talk to about be what's willing, in the middle. We have to be willing to put down thinking that we're right about anything <laughs> to, yeah. to talk about something yeah. that's gray, right? Yeah. And I think we're all being pushed in a lot of ways right now to embrace the gray. Like we, yeah. we have been polarized in some pretty serious ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a you know perfect example. Like, can you be pro-choice and pro-life at the same time? You just are, right? I think yeah. you just let, you have to let the labels go and go, yeah. what do I believe? Right. Um, there are still stories I hear around abortion that like, take my breath away a little bit. I'm like, wow. Okay. I got to just sit with that for a minute. Cause I'm having some feelings about it, but it doesn't make it right or wrong. Like it doesn't make like that's someone's story and someone's life. And if they thought that was what's best for them, then my only job is to like love them and let them be <laughs> like, just accept that that's how it is. One of my favorite like things to remind myself is um, in terms of this like polarizing black and white or right or wrong, or it's just like that story gets to exist in the world. That opinion gets to exist in the world. Like I don't have to like it. I don't have to join it. I don't have to reject it. I don't have to hate it. I can just let it be. Like, at least if I stay there, I'm neutral a little bit. Like, I just, there's an acceptance of like, you get to think that it's totally fine. Cause it's really easy for me to get angry when I look at Mm -hmm. some of, like, for me, a lot of the pro life narrative stirs a fair amount of anger and feeling for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not useful. Like it doesn't help me. It doesn't help them. Like it doesn't get me anywhere. And so I have to just like tone it, like calm it all down and let it be what it is. Like that opinion gets to exist in the world. And I get my, that means mine does too. And I get to do my work too. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's really high level work, right? That's way easier said than done because those feelings are strong when they come up. And especially if they touch, points that are really personal to us and and places that, you know, like, I mean, there's a lot of women who have had abortions who, you know, it saved their life in order to do so. And, you know, so, so there can be really strong, visceral experiences that we have in the face of someone telling us that we're wrong or that, you know, we're a murderer or that we, you know, we don't have the right to be, um, so yeah, I just kudos to you to for that practice for being able to do that because that is a very high level practice and it's a really really important one and I think the more of us that can start to cultivate a practice like that the better off we're going to be um as a whole. Well, I think you nail it with the word practice. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just like it's not like like you right? make the decision and you check it off your list and you walk away. We talk about that all the time over here at SP yeah. like you this work is never done. No. 
It's not like you wake up one day and you're like, oh yeah, I got, I got through that one. I get to check it off my list. Like it's a daily moment to moment. Yes. And when you're like, I say all the time, abortion is just the door for me. Like it's just the door I walked through to see this. And it can be that for other people or not. Like they can use, they can use abortion as an opportunity to change their whole life or not. It's not, they could also use a car accident or cancer or a job promotion. Like you can use anything to do the work, to create the practice, to understand your mind, to um, cultivate like expansion and evolution or not. Like I, I don't, if, if you have an abortion and you never want to look at it again, that's fine with me. Like, but if you want to use it as an opportunity, it a hundred percent can be that it can be a place to learn the practice can be a place to explore your mind. It can be a place to like, it can be the beginning of evolution for you, or I guess it's never really the beginning, but a uh, catalyst. Step on the journey. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What would you say are like some of the most common threads that you deal with, with your clients when they come to you and they've had, I mean, first of all, like, why does someone come to you? Yeah. Well, the most, you know, the, the standout feelings are shame, lots of shame, um, definitely grief, um, regret, guilt. So it's identifying like, where is that coming from? Is it a, is it a cultural story? Is it a religious story? Is it like I, for instance, had a lot of shame. But my shame actually wasn't even about having had an abortion or chosen abortion, chosen abortion. It was shame that like I got pregnant in the first place and I didn't mean to. Like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did I let that happen? Like, I must be a terrible person. I mean, it's ridiculous when I think about it, when I break it down, but I had so much shame. Like I should have known. Um, in my case, I was using an IUD, it fell out and I didn't know. And I I was like very in tune. I thought I was very in tune with my body. I call it the immaculate IUD removal. Cause I <laughs> literally to this day, I'm like, it just doesn't make any sense that I didn't know that happened, but I had a lot of shame. Like I'm a 38 year old woman. I'm not supposed to have an unplanned pregnancy. Mm-hmm. That's like, so there was sometimes the feelings we feel the guilt, the shame, the relief, the regret. Um, it, it's not really even about, well, I would venture to say it's never really about abortion. It's just abortion is like highlighting what else is going on in your brain. Um, abortion doesn't like create new feelings. It just brings out old feelings and old stories and whether they're yours or they're cultural or they're generational, like it's just an opportunity to look at all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, you know, I had my abortion long before I had children. Um, although the child that I conceived was with who, the man who's now my husband. Um, but I, one of the things you said about it being, you know, generational, um, I think there are so many womb stories that have not been passed on. Um, and I will never forget my mother 
telling me after I shared with her that I had had an abortion about the abortion that she had before she had my brother. Um, And I did not know that she had had an abortion until she told me that story. Um, And I remember feeling like, oh my God, I may have made a different decision. I may not have, but I may have made a different decision if I had had that story. Um, Yeah. And that's, that's not like judging what happened, you know, like I don't, it's not something that I think about very often anymore. You know, I have two kids. I'm, I I feel pretty good about it, but I've had my moments where I'm like, wow, what would have happened? And there's no way to know. Right. And I think that that's a really normal thing to think about, but it just highlights for me the importance. And this is why I wanted to have you on the show. This is why I have this show. This is why I encourage mothers to talk to their daughters and grandmothers to talk to their daughters, because those womb stories are so incredibly important. And we lose so much when we do not share them with our daughters. Yeah. Yeah. It's so common. So your story is so common in so many ways. Um, and then there's a piece like I have clients whose families did talk about it a lot. And that was, and that actually like sometimes in that sort of nonchalant pro-choice, it's just healthcare way. And that story can create like a dissonance too, right? If it's just healthcare, why do I feel sad? That's so confusing for so many people, Yes, which is just such a perfect example of like, it is so important to check in and be like, where is this coming from? Is it mine? Is it someone else's? Is there, are there roots here that I want to explore, understand? But the bottom line is always like, how am I experiencing this? How am I processing this? What's happening for me? Um, and I think maybe I like to remind myself of that because I am a mother. Because <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I want to get it right for my daughters, right? Like, I want to say the right thing, do the right thing, pass down the story. But I think all the time, like, like actually, this just happened to me recently where I just had this moment where I was like, oh, wait, am I allowed to swear? Okay, I just won't swear. Yeah. Like, oh, no. Um, <laughs> what if she's pregnant? I have two teenage daughters. So I was like, what if she's pregnant? And I went through this whole mind story of like, just because I talk about abortion all the time, doesn't mean she wouldn't have a secret abortion, right. Mm -hmm. And not be able to talk to me. Um, So like the most important thing we can do is just find peace with ourselves and like, for some of my clients that is regretting their abortion and just being okay with that. Like I made a decision I regret and that's okay. I can still love myself. I can still thrive. Um, We have this like fear of regret in our culture. Like lots of us get married and get divorced and regret our first marriage or we regret like where we decided to live or what we went to school for. But somehow when we step into abortion territory, it's this terrible thing to have a regret. 
So some of my clients, it's just about like being at peace with their own regret and just letting that be. Um, And then hoping that if we can come to peace with ourselves and our own story and live that, then that our children will somehow soak in those messages. (laughs) Right? Like just being willing to talk to them about all of it. Yeah. Well, and I think that it's interesting because, you know, when I hear you talk about having clients who that, you know, the pro-choice narrative as healthcare was part of the conversation. Um, But what I hear is like missing in that is the like open-hearted emotional holding of all of it, Um, which I think can happen often when we're sort of pushed into feeling like we need to have a narrative or tout a party line because it's a political issue. Um, Politics doesn't tend to make a lot of space for human emotion and heart and soul and spirit, right? Yeah. And I I think that the best we can do as parents um, is to just be honest with what's in our hearts around things. You know, and our kids are going to make decisions. Like you said, they're like, yeah, they might make decisions that we don't want them to make um, or that we would, would not be our preference. Right. And they will make decisions that are not our preference because it's their life and they've got to, they've got to, they've got to figure it out, you know, just like we did. And I do think there is the way I look at it. It's like the more that I can share my process not in a way that I'm like burdening my child with my emotional baggage, but in a way that I am clearly outlining what I know is mine and what I'm working through and how I'm working through it. Um, not only does it model something for them, but I think there's also then less that they have to work through that's generational. There's going to be yeah. some, you know, there's going to be some stuff that they're going to they're going to take on from that. Um, but all my elders and that I have worked with and, and sat with over the years, this is the time that we're in right now is working through our generational stuff. Much of it is not ours. Um, that's not to say that we can offload our decisions and not take responsibility for what we're experiencing and what we're feeling. But my deepest prayer is that the more I can do the work to clear my generational karma and, and patternings, the less of that work they're going to have to do. Yeah. And I think if we bring this out beyond our families, I feel like that is so much of um, the work. There's not very many of us talking about abortion the way that I'm talking about abortion. And I think there's so many people who've never had abortions who follow my work. Mm. And I think it's because it's like, oh, if she can do that, if she can process that, think about it that way around abortion, then I can do that work on the other thing that I'm struggling with. Mm. Um, So yeah, I feel like it's sort of that leading by example and just like giving people permission to do their work by doing your work. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, now, one thing I, I, I've been really curious about, because I know you've gotten pushback, right? Like when any, anytime you step into a territory like this, that has so much emotional charge and so much taboo around it, there's going to be some explosions that you have to interface with. What, how have you been able to walk through some really intense stuff being hurled at you? Yeah, I've had some good ones for sure. Um, I mean, really, it does come back to that, um, what I shared earlier, which is like just letting their opinion exist. Um, I've had full pro-life articles written about me, like using my sadness as proof that abortion is bad, Um, just totally misusing, misrepresenting, misquoting my words. Um, and I just choose where to put my energy. Do I have an emotional reaction to that stuff? Yeah, totally. (laughs) Do I want to get mad and defend myself, explain myself? Yeah, totally. But would I rather use my energy to write to that publisher or comment on that post or interact with, you know, that language or would I rather use my energy to write another poem that's going to like dive into someone's heart and like release them from Mm -hmm. some cage. So Mm -hmm. it's like, where, where and how do I want to show up? I asked myself that question, like probably 50 times a day. How do I want to show up? How do I want to show up? How do I want to show up? So at the beginning, it was like, can I handle it? Right. I would say stuff and then be like, am I going to die? If someone hates me, am I going to die? I remember the hardest comment I heard early on was, um, your kids are going to hate you when they find out you killed their sibling. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) wow. They just like, that was a knife to heart to my heart. Um, that still to this day was like the most personal and painful, so I ha- I'm human. Like, of course yeah. I react, but then just like my abortion, I decide, right? Like I decide I'm going to have my own back. I decide how I want to move forward. I decide that I choose to be okay. Like, am I okay? I don't know. Sometimes I don't know if I'm okay, but I choose to be okay. Like what's the next most okay thing I can do. Um, so And that, I feel like that's the work I do with my clients is like, what are all the things you learned from your abortion that you can keep using? The most important thing I learned from my abortion was how to have my own back. And anytime I'm in a bind, I just ask myself, like, how do I need to have my own back? Will having my own back, will committing to having my own back give me the courage I need to do the next thing? whatever the next thing is. We are a family who chose to vaccinate. And that was another place that we went through like, okay, if I vaccinate my kids or myself and it completely messes us up, can I have my own back? Um, This just came up recently around a school issue. Like, can I have my own back? 
And so I have learned things because I chose to process my abortion that will forever just feed my growth. Um, And it's just like continuing to be curious about it all. Yeah. And I just want to speak to, because you also just spoke into like another, like really taboo um, charged topic. And I just want to invite anyone listening who took that moment of Amanda saying that they're a family that chose to vaccinate and, and you took that moment and decided to throw away everything that she has said up until this point. I just want to point that out and just, you know, invite a moment of acknowledgement if that is um, something that just occurred for you and encourage you to maybe take a pause and ask yourself if it's possible to maybe expand your capacity just a little bit to hold space for her to still be an amazing human being doing incredible work, even if she did something that you don't agree with um, or that you wouldn't have chosen. I think this is, this is a perfect moment. Yeah. And a perfect, like, like we need to be doing this work, people. Yeah. Like, this is the work. And it's yeah. right now in moments like this. Okay, you came in the doorway. Yes, I'm ready to talk about abortion. And then all of a sudden, something that I don't agree with comes up. And then what do I do? Um, this is yes, the work. This that is, is exactly it. And I, I do that work right on the other side, right? Like, when I'm afraid to send my kid to school, I have to do that work on the other side. And it's just about like, I mean, it's so cheesy and annoying, but like, it's literally just about loving each other and accepting each other and not believing that what's right for you is right for everyone. Um, And I mean, yeah, I love that you brought that up because it's just, it, this is it. If we can do this, then we get to, be on this planet together mm-hmm. peacefully. Exactly. Otherwise, it's just butting heads all the time. I have so many friends who I love, if we use that example, who chose not to vaccinate. I have so many friends that I love who would not choose abortion, who chose to have their children. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about like choosing connection over disconnection. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Amanda, is there um, anything that we have not covered or that you didn't share that you feel like you really want to make sure our listeners hear before we sign off today? Oh, I ask all my, um, all my guests the same question and (laughs) Now that I'm on the other side of it, I'm like, yes, there's so much. And no, like, um, I think all I would want to share is like, just you're not alone. Whatever you're feeling, reach out, find someone um, who you can talk to about it. Um, The biggest lesson, or I don't know if that's the right words, but like, if I could teach people one thing, it would be keep looking. Like if you haven't found peace, keep looking. Or if you think you found peace and um, like Tatiana, you shared that you did choose abortion and then later you had children. I have a lot of clients who 
were totally okay with their abortions until they had children. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it just struck them in a new way. So if you have found peace and you are okay, and suddenly it's back in your lap, like that's okay. Just keep looking. Um, It's inviting you to to explore in a different way. Um, I've been talking to two women this week, one um, just approaching 60 and one just past 70. And they're looking at their abortions from 30 and 40 years ago. Mm. So keep looking. And if you can believe it's possible, just, you don't even, you don't have to believe that you're going to feel better or that there is a way through just believe it's possible you're going to feel better where there is a way through. <laughs> um, yeah. Keep looking. No, you're not alone. And it's worth it. It's so worth doing the work. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, it is. Amanda, thank you so much um, for joining us today. Will you tell our listeners where they can go to connect with you, get your book? Yeah. Yeah, um, my website and my handle. Is that a word? I think so. Yeah. I'm so not. I'm so, I'm so social media poor. The little person. thing that comes after the <laughs> at symbol. Um, everywhere it is Amanda Starr Kingsley. And that is my given middle name. Um, so Amanda Starr Kingsley, everywhere, website, social media. My podcast is called Speaking Light into abortion. Um, my book is available on Amazon, um, now available to be purchased by bookstores or libraries. Um, I'm pretty easy to find. There are a lot of us talking about abortion, so you can literally just Google Amanda abortion. You'll find me. Please and tell out. us the, the title <laughs> of your book again. Um, it's called What I Wish, A Hundred Love Notes to Help You Survive, Come Alive, and Thrive After Abortion. And it is part one of a 10-part series. So all right. It so will continue. More to come from Amanda. Come. <laughs> oh, thank you, Amanda. And to our listeners, thank you so much um, for tuning in for this conversation means a lot to me that you're stuck with us through to the end Uh, because I think it's really important that we talk about it so yeah thank you so much so yes yes and if you have not yet come to check us out over at superpowerexperts.com there's some beautiful offerings that we have now through our membership community Um, I'm doing my virtual new moon ceremonies now uh, so you can come and and participate with the lunar cycle that way and work with your dreams and have a little ritual moment. Um, We have a goal setting workshop coming up, um, which will have already happened by the time this airs, but there's always good stuff happening, cycling through. So come and check us out over at superpowerexperts.com. And until next time, Reclaim your parenting journey as a sacred one for yourself, for your children, born and unborn, and for the world. Many blessings. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.